Welcome to the latest podcast in our series of five minutes with UBP's global fixed income team. My name is Mo Kazmi, Chief Strategist within Fixed Income and Portfolio Manager. And today I'll be taking questions from Nina Jahanbin, Head of Nordic Sales here at UBP. Hi, Mo. Hi, Nina. Today we're discussing opportunities within the asset class now that peak hawkishness from the central banks seems to have passed. I have some questions for you that I hope that you can answer for our investors. Over the past quarter, we've seen a continuation of the move higher in the US rates, despite uh, the Fed choosing not to hike at the last two meetings. With that in mind, do you think this sell-off is coming to an end now? I think what's clear over the past quarter is the significant communication shift that we've seen from central banks. It suggests that we may have not only passed peak hawkishness, but potentially the peak in rates now. And this creates significant opportunities across fixed income. The Fed has gained confidence to be more patient as we're seeing increasingly clear signs of their tightening actually feeding through to the real economy. For example, whilst the labour market is still tight by historical standards, we are now seeing an orderly rebalancing taking place on both the demand and supply side. If we think about inflation, We've seen pretty significant progress here as well, and those are the words of Fed Chair Powell himself. Core PCE, for example, has reached the Fed's year-end forecast several months ahead of their own schedule. And it's meant that the Fed has been able to adopt a new message of proceeding cautiously as the discussion has moved away from how many more hikes are needed, if any, and towards how long should policy stay restrictive for. And importantly, it's not just the Fed, but central banks globally are making this shift. If anything, the ECB shift has been even clearer given recent weakness in the economy and with headline inflation breaking through 3% to the downside, which is significant. And if we have actually seen the peak in rates, then where do you see opportunities within fixed income? And how do you like to be positioned heading towards year end? So after the moves and volatility that we've seen, I think there are now opportunities across the space as volatility should decline. We think it's time to look at building balanced portfolios once again, holding both credit risk with interest rate duration, especially towards the front end of rates curves. Importantly, we think we are going back to traditional correlations where holding government bonds should begin to protect portfolios especially during times of risk-off. And that's in stark contrast to what we've seen over the past couple of years, where this correlation shift, coupled with the communication shift that I've described, is now giving a bit of a green light for investors to look at reallocating back to fixed income ahead of year-end. And that's especially the case given this technical setup that we have for the asset class, which appears favourable. Investors seem under-allocated to fixed income given the last couple of years has seen a surge of flows into cash-like products such as money market funds and out of fixed income. We currently prefer the higher income segments of the market given our soft landing growth view remains intact. These segments are offering double-digit yields in some places which are above past returns in equities, so very attractive specifically high yield through CDS indices, 
the double B segment of the market we also like given historical low default rates and manageable refinancing risks, as well as the 81 market. It remains discounted following the volatility of Q1, despite robust banking sector fundamentals and recent supportive announcements for the asset class from both issuers and regulators. That's very interesting you mentioned high yield, as I know many of my own clients are looking at this market, as well as given the attractive yield you mentioned. One concern we do hear about is a potential rise in default rates. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So that's a crucial question when thinking about high yield. And looking back, we've seen that the default cycle tends to be well correlated with the growth cycle. And nominal GDP growth in particular given that companies report in nominal terms. And if we think about global nominal growth, it's actually been robust over the past year. And we think that continues due to a mix of both resilient growth and inflation relative to prior pandemic levels being higher. Putting that together, it would suggest a benign default cycle ahead. If we think about refinancing risks and double Bs in particular, The maturity schedule is pretty evenly distributed over the coming years. And that means that the average coupon increase if 2024 and 2025 bonds were refinanced today would be manageable. The coupon would only be rising from 5.3% to around 5.7% in such a scenario. Finally, at a yield of around 11% and well above cash, The opportunity cost to not be invested in the segment of the market is actually quite high right now. Thanks, Mo. Uh, That does make sense. However, as a final question, do you think the risks uh, are to the macro views you have described here? So central banks remain data dependent. So the main risk comes from the data surprising us one way or another. One scenario is that inflation remains a bit stickier and stays above target for a prolonged period of time. And that keeps central banks maintaining restrictive policy for longer as well. But if you think about what's priced in the market, we do believe that a lot of hawkishness is already in the price. For example, the market is expecting the Fed to keep rates at or above 4% over the next few years. And that's well above the Fed's own estimate of the neutral rate of 2.5%. It's another reason to think about building interest rate duration in portfolios from this valuation perspective. And if we are surprised to the downside on growth, then holding these government bonds should protect portfolios in this environment and can help offset moves wider in credit spreads. And this is really why we like the idea of building balanced portfolios of both rates and credit at this stage of the cycle. So that's all from us today. Thanks, Nina, for the questions and to those listening to the podcast. If you would like to learn more about UBP's global fixed income franchise, then please do not hesitate to get in touch or visit us on our website at ubp.com.